it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Every other day, I would tweet, you would say, She's on fire today. How can I be that great? Every other tweet, guess a lol, yeah, okay. Could it be that you are jealous of this little lady? Hey, just this question, why you feel you gotta try? Bad mouth what I create, cause you cannot say my name. Say my name, say my name. Hey, I inspire those around you. You wanna show me love to stop these little games. Say my name, say my name. If no one is around you, say Kelechi, I love you. If you ain't running games. Well, 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 what have we here? It seems like it's the hundredth episode of this podcast, the Rascla hundredth episode. I made it to 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Celebrate with me. Can't remember that poem off my head, but you know, many things are trying to kill me, but a baby girl is still here. Celebrating this hundredth episode. Wow. Anyway, 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 it is I. I see, I said this the other day and only a very few of you got it right. So those of you who got it right, you know yourselves. And there'll be more things like that going forward ahead of the uh, new card deck launch, whenever that will be. I'm not telling you yet. Um, There'll be more things like that to really test your knowledge because, yeah, I said... It is I, finish the sentence. The only way you could finish the sentence is to say, it is I, Kalechai, but don't call me that. And I think Sean got it right and somebody else, a couple of other people got it right as well. So big up yourselves for getting that right. So other people said it's Kalechi in the place to be, but I would have said it is me, Kalechi, in the place to be. But wonderful that you all, that so many of you said it's Kalechi in a place to be. I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that. But the actual correct answer would be, it is I, Kalechai, but don't fucking call me that because that's not my name. Um, Yes, so it is me, Kalechi. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. Man, it's the hundredth episode of Suck Your Mother. We've handed out so many straws. We could say at a minimum we've handed out a hundred straws, but obviously we've handed out so many more because there's been emergency episodes um and you know within an episode you hand out more than one straw most definitely so absolutely mad and it's been a a a tremendous trip so far what's mad is that before recording this episode I felt a bit kind of like blah I'm so exhausted to the point that I could cry I've actually cried a few times this weekend because I'm just so exhausted and tired of like the fuckery and I'm kind of still 
working through like the residual resentment and anger for over the past week or whatever. So just going through those things and um, like my partner's always saying, you just got to work at building like tougher skin because the higher up you go, like the more people really, really reach and stretch to try to drag you down. And those things are understandable, but it's also just enough for me to acknowledge that like, you know, I'm, I feel things and I feel things very deeply. And so, yeah, I was about to like start recording and getting everything ready. And I was just like, I don't actually give a shit that it's the hundredth episode. Obviously I do, but in that kind of mood, in that kind of mindset, I was just like, meh, hundredth episode and what, like people will still move mad, like mm, whatever. But then I was going through the letters and everything and preparing and seeing just how many people have been positively, positively impacted by this podcast and realizing that it matters. And, you know, I just have to keep doing what I do. And it's been so enjoyable for me, you know, it's kind of, it's been so cathartic for me to get on here and just like say what I want to say, like literally say my mind and it's been transformative for me. So I'm really glad that it's uh, helped so many people. So um, you can shout happy hundredth episode to say your mind, hashtag say your mind pod or at say your mind pod. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's been a wild week. It feels like longer than ever Sadiq isn't here this week he's taking a break which I find hilarious I find it so hilarious like he did two episodes and he was like oh Sus, I need to rest I need I need to rest and I'm just like so imagine doing this week after week like big up all the podcasters that do all of this regularly like people don't understand the dedication the commitment it takes that no matter what you get that episode out even during this time of Koro Koro um raising a baby everything I'm just like nah you know time to record and you might think oh well you've got the bits at home so you know it's fine no it's not it's not you still have to get all of your um, bits together that you're going to talk about you still have to structure everything um I still have to prepare tarot you know like get my cards ready get myself centered enough to even do the tarot and prepare it so the sound quality is halfway decent so Lev isn't like screaming down the place in the background so it's not so simple as to just sit down and say whatever the fuck you want like there is a structure would you believe it even though I'm on here treating it like queen radio cussing everybody's pussies but I do what I want I do what I want and and this is a podcast like no other and I refuse to conform yeah cool so uh, I guess that maybe this is the third week um, of you, uh, this influx of white listeners. Welcome. I mean, I'm I'm still surprised that you're still trying to stick it out because I don't play with you lot. I don't play with you lot yet. Here you are. Okay. So, mm, well, I guess other things that I want to say will come to me later on. I just feel exhausted today. I, I really just want to sleep. I went for my run, hitting, almost hitting eight miles which is feeling good. Pum pum feels tight. Everything feels secure. My knee, my foot hurts a little bit, but that's just getting used to, um, longer distances in my vibrams. Cause that's the only thing I run in my vibram five fingers. So, um, yeah, I was listening to my podcast, getting my life, enjoying things and just, just running, you know, just running and, and going through the motions of all of these things. But, um, People continue to be mad. Like I said in my Instagram video, everybody's mad except for the trees. And I stand by that. Uh, Patreon is back. Patreon is back. So I better make sure I announce that fast, fast. 
So those of you who have been asking, oh my God, how do I support? How do I support? So we can avoid future misconstrusions and um, uh, people trying to run amok with stupid nonsense. I've restarted Patreon so you can support the podcast that way and there'll be um, more tarot readings on there. So you'll get an extra tarot reading on there every week. And um, that's where I'll be taking requests from is that if there's anything specifically like you'd want me to address on a podcast, you can always send me things there. Um, I'll be responding to Instagram messages less and less and less. So if you're a Patreon, you can send me a direct message and I'll respond on there. If you send me trauma or anything, I'll block you. So, you know, think accordingly. You can send me anything that you want me to address in terms of like fuckery that's happening. You can send it to sym at kalechiokafor.com. But in terms of just like little bits um, that you um, find interesting or whatever, um, yeah, you can send it to um, me via Patreon. So that's patreon.com forward slash Kalechi Okafor. And that will be in the captions as well. So you can join on a tier of $8 or you can join the tier of $25. The people obviously with $25, they get some uh, extra perks. Um, and yeah, so I thought that that would be the fairest way to go ahead when releasing the cards because uh, there are people who... I guess they're all the way back. But if they're following me on social media, maybe they'll catch up. I don't know. But I think the fairest way to do it was that those on Patreon will get the announcement that the cards are ready on a Sunday. So when, whenever the cards are coming out, they'll know on the Sunday. And I, uh, the people who aren't on Patreon will hear that the cards are ready on the Monday or whenever they listen to the podcast that week. There are only going to be a select number of cards available. So if you miss it, you've missed it. Like I've said, you know, I'm not doing a second round. I'm not doing anything. It is what it is. So patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor. You can join and become a patron and support the podcast and support my bits and support my bobs. So yeah, I'll be doing extra content for there. And I'll also be doing live streams as well um on there definitely once a month but i'm probably going to try and do something more regularly i just don't feel comfortable doing lots of things on instagram where everyone can just log in uh, or you know can just watch because i ain't for everybody okay i ain't for everybody so for the people who i'm for i'll live stream with them um i'll provide them a link uh, on patreon uh i'll tell them the date ahead of time and everything and we'll have a live stream and you can uh, have a conversation in the comments and that will be like a youtube live stream but private for the patrons so yeah i'm just adding structure to these things um to just make it easier for everybody involved so uh so let's get into the tarot for this week then um big up the show sponsors while i'm it's in my head to remember uh this week's show is sponsored by express vpn and, um, you can use them to kind of do your bits and um they reroute your internet uh address so you can surf the web anonymously in peace obviously don't use it to move mad but i'll talk about them much later on in the show so what i'm gonna go into now like i said is the tarot this week, I felt inclined to ask the guides to ask the ancestors and really just to ask God about like um, intimacy, like what are the uh, what is the situation and what is the advice around intimacy? So I've pulled three piles again, pile one, pile two and pile three. So I want you to center yourself, really, really center yourself, drown out whatever noise is around you really, really center yourself and just go with the one that you, that comes to your mind, that flashes in your mind, pile one, pile two, or pile three. Okay. 
So part one, uh, the situation is the queen of cups in reverse. And that's just saying that you're not, and I, and this might be a lead up from a couple of weeks ago, or the week uh, before when I mentioned the queen of cups and making sure that you're giving to yourself. So some of you heard that message and went bet, 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 and then ignored the fuck out of the message. And you've just continued with um, your usual habits of like focusing your entire existence on what um, everybody else needs and not what you need. And in t- especially if we're talking about in terms of intimacy, specifically intimacy this week, um, you're so focused on what you like your partners, your sexual partners, or maybe your friendships. I don't know all of those things. You're focused on what everybody else needs and making sure you meet their needs and it's not really being reciprocated. And I don't know whether that's maybe because you're not really saying what you need. Like you're not saying your mind, you're not saying your punani, you're not saying your punani. Sorry. Song break. Um, yeah. So you're not saying what you need. If you don't like something, why do you continue to do it? Do you get what I mean? Like, for instance, if you don't like anal, why are you forcing it? Why are you forcing it? Literally, why are you forcing it? If you don't like the thing, you don't like the thing. Like, it's okay to not like the thing. Suggest what you do like and go from there. And if the person likes the thing, I'm sure you can come to a compromise. You can come to different ways of, you know, finding comfort in doing things. I don't know why that was the one that came to my head, but it just flashed in my head. So it might be very, very relevant to one of you lot. But, you know, intimacy just isn't just about sex, you know, but it's in terms of like, what, what do you enjoy? What makes you feel loved? What makes you, you know, feel pleasure? What makes you feel desired? You have to let people know people aren't fucking mind readers. So let people know what you like so they can do those things. Like, for instance, me, I don't necessarily like flowers. I'm really a a, a little bit allergic. So but when people buy me flowers, I I get the thought, I get the sentiment behind it. So I I feel like, you know, that's really, really cute and I accept it. And I, I just think it's lovely and I say my thank yous. But if someone was really, really trying to connect with me, for instance, I like afternoon tea. You know, so the other day, Crystal had um, an afternoon tea set, like a box sent um, to me. And that was lovely. I felt so wonderful just sitting there with my afternoon tea um, that had been delivered because you can't go out to restaurants. And I had things like that. Like, I like those kind of things. I like like little cute things. Um, yeah. So just uh, biscuitiers. Someone sent me, um, Yolanda sent me um, a box of biscuits a while back from, well, cookies for you Americans. But she had that personalized um when I was pregnant with Lev she had that sent through so yeah I think it's about finding out what people like and getting them those things or what people enjoy what makes them feel desired finding out because it doesn't make it unromantic we've been sold so much bullshit from from Hollywood romance films and things like that where the guy just knows and he just knows your dress size and he just sends you this thing to wear for dinner at 8 p.m i don't know why they fucking keep going to dinner at 8 p.m because usually by 9 30 now i'm tired but anyway that's not the point the point is that you know those things aren't don't they're bullshit they're bullshit yeah they, they're, they're absolute bullshit communication is what gets you the intimacy that you want right? So communicate the fuck with people and let them know. And if they can't meet you where you're at, then let them bounce. But the thing is, that's the situation, the queen of cups in reverse. Also remember that you have to also know what you desire. So if you've been brought up to believe that, for instance, if you're, um, you, you identify as a woman, 
And more specifically, even if you're a cisgendered woman, you've been brought up to believe that your body is to be of service to somebody else. Like, oh, you're just saving yourself. Oh, I'm just saving myself for my wedding day. Meanwhile, the person that you're saving yourself for has been run ragged around the town. They, they, they just, they, 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 their whole body is just fun, fun, fun. But you're the one that's saving yourself. Imagine that. So I'm not telling you to not save yourself. I'm just saying the fact is that you've been brought up. We've all been brought up to believe that, oh, you have to save your body. You have to save yourself for the person. Be pure. Do this, do that. So you actually don't even know what you like. I always find it a bit weird when um, um, women are like, oh, no, I don't masturbate. Oh, I don't masturbate. Oh, 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 no, I couldn't. Well, so... So you're waiting for somebody else to come and tell you about your own body. You don't even know what you like. Why are you so scared to touch you? If you can't touch you, how do you expect somebody else to touch you? It's, you know, you, you have to go exploring. You have to know who you are and what you like, because that gives you the authority then to, to know when things aren't okay. Like so many people have gone up through their lives, not really knowing what they like. And so they've been violated, violated in so many different ways and they can't even put a name to it. They can't even put their finger on it. No pun intended. Um, they, they can't figure out what it is about those encounters that makes them feel so much less than, um, and it's because they haven't realized that, you know, I actually just don't like that. I just don't, there's no rhyme or reason. I just don't like that. And it's about finding out what you do like. So give onto yourself, no matter what age you are, this is used today is the day that you need to start getting to know yourself, know what you like. And, um, you can build intimacy from there. And the advice is that balance, 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 and two of ones comes out and I can read this in a number of ways. So for some people who are in, um, who are partnered, this is really about telling your partner, letting your partner know what it is that you like and teaching them how to be, um, intimate with you in a way that you enjoy. Um, because the two of ones is like very, very phallic. Everything seems phallic to be honest, but, um, it's very, very phallic. And I see two of the ones. I just think that it's a stressor that maybe some of you should get a vibrator like get something, get something that helps you to explore yourself. But more than ever, you really, really need to like amp up that energy, um, about discovering more of yourself, really find that fire within yourself. Cause at the moment you're working with the cup energy. So you're working with lots of water. You need to find that fire energy and light this shit up. Yeah. Burn it up. No, I'm not singing that fucking hell. Not R. Kelly. Um, (laughs) sorry. So yeah, two of wands, find balance and um, find a partner that, um, that understands you. If you're already partnered, um, may teach them how to be intimate with you in the way that you enjoy. And if you're just, you know, happily single doing what you're doing, then, you know, explore yourself. You'll be, it's like an exclamation mark. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Like ex, ex, come on, come on. Yeah. Ex, explore yourself. That's the, that's the message for that. So that's part one. Pile two, um, pile two is interesting because it's the five of swords in reverse. All right. Five of swords in reverse, um, is the situation. So there's like a tension. There's a, there's a battle that you are not winning when it comes to intimacy. And I think that that battle ultimately is within yourself. Um, definitely is, is playing out in a relationship, but it's also, a battle that's happening within yourself where um you're not really okay with the way that things are like you've really had to kind of fight to be in the relationship or be in the situation that you're in now and although you still have the person 
you're not really winning. Like you're not winning. Like this isn't what it's it, it's cracked up to be. This isn't what it sh- you expected it to be. Um, and that's okay to kind of acknowledge that. Like it's the intimacy is struggling and the, the, the intimacy is lacking because ultimately this person just doesn't know how to behave. They just don't know how to behave and how much longer are you going to keep fighting everybody off to have this person? Like, is it really worth it? Mm, is what you would need to ask yourself. Because the battle within yourself is like, oh, well, I need to have somebody in order to be validated, in order to um, appear successful, in order to appear to be loved. But not everybody that's in a relationship is being loved. And not everybody who's single isn't being loved because it's down to the person you are, as in, do you love yourself and the person that you're with? Like, do they genuinely love you and do they even love themselves? So being in a relationship, being in a partnership isn't an indicator of um, um, a loving life, you know, a life full of love. It's not at all, especially if what you're presenting outside and what you're doing inside are completely different things. You deserve to be loved out loud. So even also if it's like a secret kind of relationship thing where it's like, oh, I just don't like to put my business out there, man. Like I, I just, you know, what, what, what we, what's understood never needs to be explained or whatever the fuck people like to say, explain it, Jerry, explain it, you motherfucker, explain it, explain it ask people if you're scared to ask somebody what are we then probably you're not much Mm, well and that's that's something to note but um yeah honestly you can't keep fighting 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 for what fighting for it's like 100 is out there waiting for you right and 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 100 really can only come from yourself so you have to know how to love yourself um and then when you're looking at people to love you they have to come very very close to loving you the way that you love yourself that's not to say you have to wait for your to love yourself in a way that um you deserve before you can find people but just honestly it helps if you have an idea of how you want to be loved and what you consider to be um intimacy that kind of you know gets you going if you know that then you can find people who meet that as closely as possible but at the moment you're still trying to figure that um figure that out what you deserve and what you desire and meanwhile this person is giving you um a smooth 15 percent of that 100 percent, and you're fighting the whole world to keep their 15 percent. what the fuck let their 15 percent go and let somebody else deal the fuck with them yeah um it's not it's not worth it it's it's really really not and the advice and, and the reason i'm saying that because that's the situation but the advice is the king of cups in reverse so we've got the queen of cups that was in the previous pile but we've got the um, in reverse and then the king of cups in reverse here as well which is saying that ultimately this person hasn't learned how to love properly yet they haven't even learned like they're still figuring out themselves. They haven't been shown a great example of what intimacy is. They don't know true intimacy. They're probably still working through some very like um, homophobic ways or even of uh, approaching intimacy. So they don't even, they don't even know how to be intimate with themselves enough to then trust somebody else to be intimate with them. So they can't give you the intimacy that they haven't explored for themselves, basically, right? And because they can't, they keep seeing everything in the relationship as almost transactional or that it has to be a battle or it has to be a power play. That's all they've been taught. Um, 
And that might refer to you as well, that maybe that's what you've been taught, that, you know, the way to go about relationships is like schemes and power plays and, you know, you do this to get this and you do that to get that. No, the fuck it isn't. If you can't be vulnerable in the relationship, if both of you can't come from a place of vulnerability, then you're wasting each other's fucking time. Yeah. So it's, it's be vulnerable or nah. So the person is basically, you remember when I said like the five of uh, swords in reverse is um, a battle that's happening externally as well as internally. This um, relationship is an, it's an external representation of what's happening for you internally in the fact that you're having this battle, you're having this power struggle with yourself because you don't, you're still, still trying to figure out what intimacy is. So of course you're going to be with someone who's also trying to figure out what intimacy is. So your preoccupation with fighting, 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 I've got to fight for this relationship is a, is a distraction from giving yourself the intimacy that you're expecting them to bring to the table. Not everything is fight, fight. Not everything is gra, gra. You know, sometimes calm it, sometimes relax and just look for, look at things for what they are. How, for all the fighting that you're doing, what are you actually getting out of any of this? Because you can't force, you can take the horse to water, but you can't force it to drink, right? So if this person is still trying to figure out what intimacy is to them and they keep just making all these wild, wild mistakes and you keep taking the hits, taking the hits, taking the hits, how many hits are you going to take? And how long do you even know? Will they even ever get to that point of understanding intimacy? There's too many ifs for you to be hanging around um, uncertain. So that's pile two. Pile three, the situation is the eight of swords um, in reverse. That's the situation. The eight of swords in reverse uh, for pile three is that you're no longer in denial you now see things for what they are. And I feel like this is in terms of your sexuality. So some of you might have been like, oh, I'm just this way inclined or I'm this way inclined. But actually, maybe because of everything that's happened in society right now, you've had more time to really be honest with yourself and really sit with yourself and, and think about the things that you like and, you know, you don't like and and just... And think about experiences, encounters that you've had in the past that you've tried to push down or brush away and think about it. Oh, it's not much or, oh yeah, you know, that friend that I did have where we kind of fell out and it hurt me so much. Maybe it wasn't just like, oh, a friendship, you know, maybe you're starting to think about what those things actually were. So whatever it is, you've started to really, really consider what you identify as and who you identify as and you're just done with the denial you're done with pretending um that you're attracted to a certain type of person or a certain type of look even for instance when actually you're not or maybe you were and you were attracted to that kind of a personal thing in a different mind state and now that your mind state has changed and shifted you're not really feeling it anymore. And that's okay to admit. It's okay to change your mind. You know, it's literally okay to change your mind. So you can see clearly now. I can see clearly now the straws are gone. Sorry, another song break. Anyway, yeah, you can see clearly now. And you know that, yeah, you know, 
I, I, I have to accept this about you. That doesn't mean that you have to go to a fucking parade and, and, you know, you know, make a whole big song and dance about it. If you're not ready to, that's not what anybody's asking you. The only person that you need to be honest with is yourself. The only person that needs to know at this point of this shift really is you. And then you go from there. And the advice is very phallic. Again, it's the Knight of Swords. And when we see the Knight of Swords, usually in the traditional card deck is a knight in full armor with the helmet up and they're charging their charging full um straight ahead um in the collider dope deck that i'm using by crystal banner we just see an arm we see an arm uh that's in an um metal armor and holding a sword up so very phallic so i just think that um now that you have had this revelation because both of them are swords so it's a mental thing that's happened it's a mental shift that's happened now that you've had this revelation so much you've got so much more clarity and now you know that you want to go for the things that you want and maybe if you had some kind of issues with if i'm looking if i'm looking at somebody or i'm thinking about somebody that maybe has a penis um maybe you had some issues previously with um being erect and things like that and or maybe you had partners who were just like oh da, 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 and there was things um issues around that area because you've got more clarity now you actually know that oh it's because i don't like this thing or i'm not enjoying this thing or now i'm more attracted to this thing so because of that clarity now you'll find that those kind of issues aren't really going to be there anymore and for um those who weren't having those kind of issues it's just that now that you've realized that your sexual energy is coming back now that you've realized where you kind of stand in the whole spectrum of things you're feeling excited again you want to go out and explore and you should you go out well not go out don't take that literally but um you want to explore so do it be curious like um you know figure out what you like and and use that newfound energy use that mental clarity to live your best life yeah so those are the cards for this week for those who are on patreon if you want me to um go into any pile um with a bit more detail you can just comment on the page or send me a message and um i'll probably pull an extra card anyway for each deck and i'll put that on patreon so uh you can look at that some more add some more clarity but i'll see i'll see how i get on so that's that for the tarot this week then so i'll just jump into share your magnificence actually this week is just a lot of letters there's so many letters and i'm trying to work my way through all of them so i'm just trying to do a chunk um chunk a week um that i find relevant so let's go to share your magnificence i'll start there let me see what i got took some time to give me a that's not a song Kalechi. stop making up words here we go so my first share your magnificence comes from anonymous says good day to you Kalechi. i hope you're well it's been going um it's been good to hear the interactions you have with your brother on the pod reminds me of mine with my sibling and it's nice to see some of the weight shared out of what i imagine can be heavy work at times may you continue to be surrounded by people who can and are willing um and able to share the load from time to time thank you 
I wanted to see if I could share some magnificence with everything that's going on. It's hard not to focus on the negative. And even while I may side eye some dusties, the hope is for this to be positive. I try to, I'll try to make this somewhat short and speedy read. My share your magnificence goes to John Bunn, but let me work towards him. I came across a video on the TL showing an NYPD boss who was outraged that the actions of the Minneapolis police, uh, Minneapolis police department was being used to tarnish the NYPD. Lol. Uh, That's me saying lol, by the way, because the NYPD tarnished them, their own image. Stop treating us like animals and thugs and start treating us with some respect. Our legislators abandoned us. The press is vilifying us. It's disgusting. Finishing the impassioned speech on his pride at being an NYPD cop. However, people uh, uh, like disgraced former rock star detective Louis Scarcellas um, exist. It's also tone deafness. The cognitive dissonance is apparent. As they think the protests against cops are just about George Floyd, especially when you discover that the budget for the NYPD is about $6 billion. John Bunn was 14 when Detective Scarcella fingered Bunn for the murder of a New York corrections officer. Calling it framed is being generous. Framed would require there to have been an effort to solve the murder. Instead, they picked up two black kids, Bunn, 14 years old, and Hargrove, 17, and decided that they were good for the crimes. Even when the sole witness to the crime described these attackers as light-skinned, dark-skinned Bunn and Hargrove were found guilty. His lawyer tried to stop this, drop the sentencing to nine year from uh, to nine years to life because they were illegally trying to charge this fourteen year old with um, as an adult with twenty years to life. When found guilty, he got hit with thirty years to life. Can you imagine the effrontery? At the age of fourteen. Bun couldn't read. So while in prison, he taught himself to read, got his GED at 17 and took anger management classes, becoming a counsellor himself. He saved the counsellor's life, which helped him to get parole in 2006. Free, but not quite free. He ended up back in jail for a parole violation in 2008 to 2009. In 2010, the exoneration initiative, sounds like the Avengers Avengers initiative, (laughs) looked at and filed a motion to have um, the charges against Hargrove vacated. Hargrove, unlike Bunn, never got parole. There was no reprieve from the hell holes of the New York corrections facility. The vacation of his charges also spelled his release from prison after 24 years in 2014-15. Thank goodness he survived. Bunn would also get his charges dismissed, making these two men number 12 and 13 in the growing list of men of colour who have been framed by Detective Scarcella. At least 70 of the detectives' cases have been flagged for review so far, and at least 14 homicide convictions have been overturned. There will likely be no charges against Scarcella, as there were there are no applicable crimes, and any that were that were are all well beyond the statute of limitations. Once John was out he started a book drive aimed at trying to get help inmates learn how to read. I saw the video video of him getting free. I was okay with seeing this man hold the judge's hand in thanks. And unlike that cop lady who shot her neighbor, John was innocent. Honestly, there is a share your magnificence for Barn. Uh, honestly, this is a share your magnificence for both Barn and Hargrove, as well as the many black and brown folks who survived the thuggery of the NYPD. Those that didn't give up and even those that took a plea, imagining that it was better for them, and especially those who never survived to see justice done. May your light con- contribute to the dismantling of these systems. Thank you for continuing to release episodes. And I'm so sorry that many use your visibility 
as an excuse to violate. May their village people work harder to keep them distracted. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you for that, Anon. Two slaps on your chest and two slaps on the chest of um, Bun and Hargrove. Like, God, 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 God help us. 24 years. You'll serve 24 years of something that you didn't do. I would have to flog every fucking body out. Nah, mm -mm. there is no forgiveness, forgiveness that I could do. I will, I will burn everything the fuck down. Are you fucking mad? 24. How? me. Nah, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. But slowly, slowly, somehow, some kind of, um, something that resembles justice is slowly finding its way to a lot of people. But, um, or to a few people. And we just hope that more people get to see that justice because it's absolutely disgusting to be able to say to say to someone, no, I didn't do it. No, literally like I did not do it. And they're like, no, well, you know, can't be asked to go out and find out who did. So you're just going to have to take the for the hit for this one, baby boy. No, no, it's, it's, it's really, really, it's really it really bothers me. It really, really bothers me. And for the, whoever that fucker was that came out to come and talk about, oh, the NYPD are being tarnished. No, 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 you are dirty. You were dirty from the beginning. Nobody, it wasn't what was happening in Minneapolis that was coming to tarnish you. You were tarnished from the beginning. The whole entire force is tarnished. All of you together. Yeah, you're all pricks. Anyway, so the, to the next Share Your Magnificence, um, this comes from, I'll call her L. Elle says, dear Kelechi, I hope this message finds you well. I won't say in these insane times because it's been mad out here since forever, really. I agree. I wanted to write in to you for a while. However, for a variety of reasons, I haven't quite managed it until now. I want to nominate you for Share Your Magnificence. I cannot, cannot quite remember how I came across you or when I first started listening to your podcast, but I do know the impact that you've had on my life, my views and my self-confidence. Side note, I'm writing this on a very little rest due to my two young children. So I'll try to be as coherent as possible. Oh, don't worry. I feel you. Sometimes I'm writing things and Lev has worn me the fuck out, like from all he's shouting and, you know, going around and breastfeeding and all of this stuff and I need to construct an email and I'm like I don't even know where I'm putting my words sometimes even my tweets I'm sorry I've come off the letter now but I just wanted to say sometimes even my tweets I have the most typos when I'm exhausted and I've been doing stuff you know to doing doing bits with level day but I still have to come out here and cuss these hoes but um yeah so don't worry I feel you on that one definitely um I'll carry on. To put it plainly, you have educated and enlightened me. By listening to your podcast, reading your posts and researching things you talk about, I've been able to start the process of unlearning a lot of wayward things that I hadn't challenged before. I'll give some examples. Before I had my children, I was a teacher. One of the topics that my colleagues taught was Africa. That's it. The varied, complex, vibrant continent of Africa was somehow taught to pupils in maybe a six week period under the umbrella term of Africa. I bet you can guess the content of the syllabus. Heavy in stereotypes. I think I can only I only started realizing what a prick I was to not even bat an eyelid at seeing this when I listened to your episode um, Christmas Songs of Caucasity. Honestly, when I get back into the classroom, I'm going to ensure I teach a decolonized version of the curriculum. Bop, bop, bop. Yes. As much as I'm allowed to, at least. Yeah. I mean, 
Martin Luther King quotes and hand is surprise is good, but surely more needs to be covered. I'm not sending for hand is surprise, by the way. My son loves that book. Yes, yeah, so does Lev. Um, you collectively have made it even clearer to me how racism is absolutely everywhere and how the classroom needs to be a tool we use to combat these racial stereotypes. Circle time and talking about our feelings is wonderful, but what good can it really do if the curriculum is suppressing the truth? I also want to thank you on a personal level. Your work on white privilege and proximity to whiteness really struck a chord for me. Growing up mixed race, Jamaican and English, in a predominantly Turkish and Greek area of London, I was always either labelled as half-caste, thanks to John Agard, or black. Perhaps I just started seeing myself as black too, I don't know. But by listening to you speak on all that is afforded to someone, the closer to white they are, I've come to recognise the mixed race privilege I have. I feel so much more confident having challenging um, conversations with other mixed race people now and also feel more prepared to inform my own children on this. I know having conversations isn't going to defeat racism, but perhaps it's a starting block, at least where children are concerned. I know I've waffled a bit. I'm sorry. I just wanted to thank you. I think I decided to write this letter when I saw the images of black screens, Blackout Tuesday, flood my Instagram feed today. I felt unsettled be, uh, seeing some people write Black Lives Matter, but then only acknowledge the in-your-face police brutality version of racism that so many claim only happens in America. My spirit felt rattled, to say the least, and I felt compelled to write to you to say thank you for all that you do. You've really opened my eyes and enabled me to interrogate my worldview and know that this horrific murder of George Floyd was neither an isolated incident or something that only happens in America. You're a national treasure, Kelechi. You work tirelessly and selflessly and deserve nothing but wonderful things and abundant blessings. I wish you so much happiness, health and success. I'd like to show my gratitude by sending a little monetary gift your way if you could send me the details on how to do this. Thanks again. Thank you, L. Sorry, my nose is just doing a madness because of this fucking pollen. Uh, thank you, L. Two slaps on your chest. And two slaps on my chest. And uh, honestly, um... I really feel like when I was getting everything together and I've seen so many magnificences um, dedicated to me for different reasons, it made me feel really nice and warm because this week I've just felt a bit like, and I was talking to my therapist about it. I've just felt a bit like, oh, nothing I do will ever be good enough. And I guess that that was more of my wounded inner child speaking, having grown up and keep to, to have been doing so much, so much, so much to try and keep a family home like intact and keep everyone happy and just feel like that wasn't enough. But I can't control people's behavior. I can't control the way that people choose to react and I have to let people be on their journey of and 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 battle whatever demons are dealing with them. Let, let them do that on their in their own arena and not fast myself up to go and get myself involved because there's it's nothing to do with me um so reading these things knowing that I've reached 100 episodes and just thinking about how much has happened in my life from episode one till now anyone who's followed that journey I just feel that much closer to you because you know from fucking you know having a miscarriage to this to that like I've just been through it I've been through it and I'm still here I'm still standing better than I've ever been Throwing straws at these pussy clots. Sorry. Um, just felt another song in my soul. Ha <laughs> Um, no, so thank you, Elle. That's really, really um lovely of you to say, so kind of you to say. That's all I re ever really want to do is I learn things, I want to share things. What I really, really enjoy about this letter also is that there's no there's this annoying thing that people do sometimes, and I've seen it in a few messages, and I just have to like take a deep breath and move past it. 
they'll message me and they'll be like, I love what you say, Kalechi. You say so much truth. I don't always agree with you. Sometimes I don't agree with you. Okay, girl. Okay. And I have to say girl, because it's mainly women that do it. Like, okay, girl, I get it. Okay. You don't agree with everything. I don't get why you're telling me because it's not going to change my stance on the thing. Like that's for you to go and work out. That's not to say that I'm always right, but fam, you go and deal with whatever it is that you don't agree with. You don't need to come and tell me you're telling me for what? I, like oh well you know I agree with but I don't think you always get it right no 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 I'm I'm assured in what I'm saying if you're assured in what you're saying then you stay over there and you don't need to tell me I don't need to know thanks so much but I just love this letter because there was none of that energy but anyways on to the next letter um very much enjoying this actually um okay I've got a letter from A now where did I put that because I know I had I like to split these um, messages up like a mad person I don't I just put things in very very wild places um oh wonderful wonderful things oh here we go here we go. Hi, Kalechi. My nomination this week for Share Your Magnificence is for you, all the social activists, baby girls, baby boys, and baby non-binaries who have been putting in that work to ensure we utilize this opportunity we have to change the trajectory of the future of black people in the US, UK, and globally at large. All the people protesting, raising awareness via social media and other platforms. It is you all who have given me the confidence to email the CEO of the company I work for and share with him my thoughts on black representation and the challenges black people face at our company. I am privileged that through the nature of my work, I had access to senior leaders and felt confident enough that calling out the blatant effects of systemic oppression of black people would not harm my career prospects. It was a long letter filled with marked examples of how um, as to how black people have been subjected to oppression in this country and how that manifests itself in the lack of representation of specifically black people we see at all levels in the business. The feedback I have received from the CEO gives me hope that we they will strive for the change we need to see. I know I will be there to hold them accountable. I couldn't sit here and hope and pray any longer that this world would magically become safer for us, that one day I wouldn't have to fear the safety of my children by the um, children, the way I agonize over that of my younger brothers who are still who are now adult black men navigating British society with all of the grace and dignity they can muster in the face of systems of oppression designed to keep them in the struggle. I am the child of Eritrean immigrants who crossed half a world to find a better life outside of the war where the West funded the opposition, which ravaged our home country. They did not go through all that pain and struggle to live in fear for their children to be murdered by law enforcement in this country, for their children to be denied opportunities that they are more than qualified for to progress and carve out a better life for themselves. The work you do is important. Often I've listened to your podcast and found your words help me to relieve the tension. I feel literally trying to survive this world as a black woman your talent is a gift Kalechi there is no way to know just how many people are still alive and sane because of the words of encouragement the strength you give them to pick themselves up and carry on after a long hard day of existing as a black person in this world a massive thank you to you and everyone who is doing their part for once I have hope uh, our message will land p.s oh yeah don't worry I've um I've changed your name to a anyway yeah um Thank you, thank you, thank you. Two slaps on your chest for calling the CEO out and just being like, look, this is what needs to be done and here's um, what needs to change. Like, And I'm so glad that that isn't going to affect your career prospects because 
we should be allowed to speak truth to power without being like, you know what, I'm going to lose my fucking paycheck because of what I just said. Like you, you, we should be able to say, you know, things as they are. So I'm glad that you're able to say that and that you took the opportunity to, you know, rather than telling yourself live that, oh, well, I'll say something when I get to a more senior position, which a lot of people like to do. You're saying it right now. And for that reason, you'll be blessed and you'll be abundantly blessed. Watch all the things that will come your way. CEO soon come, baby girl. Watch this space. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that everybody who's out there doing their bit right now, you know, and it's totally true that we can't just sit back and expect other people to do the work and then everything will be magically better no all of us have a part to play it's like the drop of water analogy that i gave the other day um we all have a part to play we are all this body of water you expecting a single drop to do the work for you or to have the force of a body of water does not make any fucking sense we have to do all of the work together to to be able to have that force to affect change you know so that matters i mean look at all these smelly motherfuckers that went to go and the counter protesters as they like to call them don't call them fucking counter protesters yeah they're racist they're white supremacists and they're out here protecting a fucking stupid statue of winston churchill and these motherfuckers are trying to protect the statue by doing nazi salutes fam do you not understand how world war ii worked you fucking idiots do you not understand how it worked and then you're out here doing salutes does that make any you're doing nazi salutes does that make any fucking sense and it's what Elle was saying in a previous message, like you, the same way that we just taught Africa, you guys are taught it in history. And I don't think you're taught it thoroughly because you don't seem to understand what happened in your own history. And that's why you're moving mad with your unwashed fucking legs, with your lion tattoos on your calf, going out in the streets and being like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here to defend the statue. Go and defend some seasoning. Go and put some seasoning in your food. Go and defend your food. Go and defend your taste buds. Go and do that. Go and do that. Your leg has never seen a sponge. Your leg has never seen shower gel. Your leg has never seen soap. Your ass crack has never seen soap, but it's the statue of Winston Churchill that you want to go and defend. If you don't go and sit the fuck down, fucking pork scratching motherfucker, go and sit the fuck down. Stella Artois, bitch. Even Stella Artois came out and they were like, look, we don't know them hoes. We don't know them girls. Black Lives Matter and all of them things there, yeah? Like, they're not playing with any of you lot. Don't, don't, don't. A statue. A statue is what you want to go and defend. But when they say, come and do job, come and do work, you don't want to work. But is it because the football matches aren't on? So you have to go and do, oh, we fucking have, fucking have it, fucking have it. And I just thought it was very, very interesting that the police didn't badge you up the way that they were trying to come and charge with horses at Black Lives Matter protesters. But when it's you lot coming and you're literally punching them, you're throwing blows at the police and they're not giving you the same energy that they were giving the protests for Black Lives Matter. They're not giving you that same energy. Looks like white privilege to me. Looks like white supremacy is in full effect. Yeah, it looks like it's in full effect. I just think about that Spider-Man meme when Spider-Man's pointing at Spider-Man. That's what it looked like when I saw all these racists fighting the police. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, girl. All right, cool, whatever. All over a statue. A statue that doesn't even know who the fuck you are. A statue that should have been gone. Everybody's mad, except for the trees. Everybody's fucking mad. Fucking mad. Anyway, let's get into the last letter. Um, yes, this one is from a tired black teacher woman who has had enough. <laughs> Says here, hi, Kalechi. I thought I'd do a share your excellence, okay, magnificence, from a collective of teachers. 
I've been a teacher for four years now and we know they don't teach black history here and like to pretend it was a US problem, which is why they teach us about Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, etc. as if the UK didn't have its own civil rights movement here and play a huge role in the creation of um, this racism that still exists. Um Mm, okay. Um, thought I'd share with you what I, alongside some great black teachers and other BME teachers, will be doing since schools aren't doing enough after realizing we have to be proactive in our settings. I'm the only black Muslim woman in my school and have often felt my felt myself I've often felt myself feel uneasy about bringing this up in the past. And when I did before, I was told the history department would be doing a 15 minute assembly for Black History Month. It's time we took back control of the narrative and make sure our schools are acknowledging Black History Month. I became a teacher because of my experience from racist staff. And my mum encouraged me that representation matters, which is why I went into this profession. The change has to come from within education and it's time for us to step up since this government said they don't care by removing it from the curriculum. My school has already welcomed this idea and hopefully other schools will be on board. Keep sharing your unfiltered thoughts. Love a tired black teacher woman who has had enough. I love all of you teachers who are writing in like you man make all of the difference. I, I mean, when I don't, I've had some all right teachers. I've had some all right teachers. Um, but yeah, just, I feel like the one that stuck with me the most is my drama teacher, Miss Parrot. Big up yourself, Miss Parrot. Um, she stuck with me the most because I think when I play all the way back, here's this white woman in a school of lots of black girls and where she could easily make white girls lead in all of the school plays. That never happened. I was pretty much the lead in all the school plays that I was in in secondary school. And that gave me the confidence to pursue acting because, you know, she would stay back with me um, after school and make me practice because we would always do musicals. And so she would make me practice the songs, especially when I was playing Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Oh, I just wanted to play Eliza Doolittle, but Susan was playing Eliza Doolittle. So I played Henry Higgins and people thought I was so good. I don't know if there's a racial aspect to that, that they thought I was a boy. So like, oh, wonderful. Did they go and get a boy from the local school, one of the nearby schools to play Henry Higgins? No, bitch. It's me, Kalechi, playing Henry. Okay. That rhymed. But no, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing Henry Higgins. Um, but yeah, I just, even that, that throws a whole spin on My my Fair Lady when it's actually played by two black women as the protagonists. I can't even start playing. Uh, I can't start de- de- deconstructing that while I'm recording, but that, that would be a whole mood. But anyway, I just wanted to say that she's had one of the most positive impacts on me in my life because she, there were, I didn't doubt that I could play lead roles when I was in, when I was in secondary school because of her. Then I went to Brit school and then I went to, you know, uh, sixth form. And when I, so I went to performing arts school and that's when that motherfucker kicked in because suddenly all the white girls that sang like this and they sang from their nostrils and they've been doing ballet since they were six they got all the lead roles and it was like oh here blackie you can be the best friend you can be the sidekick you can do this song you can be the funny one you can be the uh 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 one with attitude and you know 
they were very, very happy to kind of tell you that, oh, you know, when you go into the industry as a black actress, you will struggle to get lead roles. But the joke is on you, motherfuckers, because since then, look how many black musicals have popped up. Look how many musicals have popped up all over the place, giving black women things to do. And that is one problem that I had with being in performing arts school. The fact that they were just very happy to be like, this is the way the industry is. The industry is not going to change. So don't expect anything major from what you're going to be doing. I also remember that when I applied for my master's to do my master's in acting at, um, is it um, Arts Ed? Um, I got in, but then I didn't get a scholarship because they said that, you know, I missed the scholarship deadline or whatever, whatever. So I couldn't go because I had no monies. <laughs> I had no monies. So, um, so I couldn't accept my place in the end to do my master's in acting. But I remember when I went to the audition and they were like, oh my God, you're a phenomenal actress. You're wonderful. Absolutely wonderful actress. Uh, the way the industry is though, you know, I could see you playing a teacher, maybe playing a barrister because you're so well-spoken. So you could definitely, yes, you could definitely play a barrister. Yes, you could play a lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you could play those roles. So the, you know, I guess, oh, maybe a policewoman here and there. So yeah, you know, there are things for you to do. So it's just good for you to go into this industry with realistic expectations. What do you mean realistic expectations? You're talking about the reality that you know, which is that I should always play some kind of secondary character, but then Annalise Keating came the fuck on yeah olivia pope came the fuck on and so i will play whoever i want to play and if i want to play the rascal female luther that's what i'm gonna do and everyone's gonna mind out before they rascal find out okay thanks so much but that was a massive tangent to just say you teachers are so important and it's great that you are trying to decolonize the curriculum from now because you don't know what child later on is going to be making their podcast or making their things and it's because of the confidence that you instilled in them the confidence that you like um demonstrated um to them that you had in them that that led them to go and do other things like miss parrot had the confidence that i could hold a play like on my ones like i i could hold that character i could hold my own in that character and because of that i never doubted myself when it came to acting but just imagine if i didn't have miss parrot before i had all of the rest of these other fucking demons yeah i would have thought that that's all i'm assigned to i'm relegated to be playing the sidekick all of my fucking life when she showed me from early that no you are motherfucking talented and you should play the lead okay and that's the way that it's going to be so you know that's what I want for our children that's what I want for children going forward I want us to show them that they can be whoever the fuck that they want to be like have the confidence in them like if that child comes up to you and goes I want to be an astronaut yeah fam you can be an astronaut like not doubting them because so many of us and I'm sure I can get endless stories like if you've had a teacher second guess your ambitions hashed like at me at say your mind pod and tell me what like what teacher and what it was that they underestimated you for and remember the fact that it stuck with you it stuck with you so much that you remembered it that's the point so many of us have been second guessed throughout all of our life that we need teachers to unearth all of their bias all of their internalized anti-blackness if they're black themselves or all of their internalized um, you know all of the racism that kind of is there just dredged in the in in the the entirety of their soul all of that needs to come out because we need to do better by the future generation is how i basically see it so big up all of you teachers who are putting in that work especially during this time to say nah fuck all of this like let's teach um from a uk perspective about black history and let's teach it properly okay so two slaps on all of you lot's chest i appreciate you 
So I'm going to then leave all of the magnificence there and jump into uh, the show sponsors. So let me just big up the show sponsors really quickly. So like who hasn't searched wild, wild things on the internet? I know some, I know some of you search wild things um, on the internet. I, I'm very, very sure of that. And you probably think like, well, it's fine because I just use incognito mode. Well, <laughs> you'd be wrong because incognito mode does not hide your activity it doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history your internet service provider can still see every single website that you've ever visited so remember what i said in tarot earlier some of you are discovering new things about the things that you like yeah your internet service provider can see all of those things too um so yeah so if you just want to explore in peace then that's why when you're at home or whenever you go online, you should use ExpressVPN. So um, it doesn't matter who you get your internet from, um, because at the end of the day, I know that in the US, like the internet service providers can legally just sell your details on. I've got to figure out what they're doing for us here in the UK. But um, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure service. So your internet service provider can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, um, I mean, when I'm using it, I don't even realize that I'm using it because it's just there in the app. Once you press it, one button, boom, it's done. And I can just go on the sites that I want to go on. Um, So yeah, it just works seamlessly in the background and it's very easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you are protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you to not be using it. So protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash straws, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash straws. That's expressvpn.com slash straws visit that to learn more yes so big up yourselves express vpn for sponsoring the episode now let's get into so you mad i told you this week i'll just be powering through letters so i've got this letter here from uh grace who says um hi kalechi i hope you are well um, or doing as well as you can during such a time of what can only be described as fuckery. First of all, I would like to say how much I love your podcast. The platform you have is truly amazing and I look forward to listening every Monday to learn as well as laugh. I'm not sure if this qualifies as so you mad or for straw of the week, so I'll let you decide. Honestly, I would have put it in straw of the week if it wasn't for the fact that there are extremely mad people that I've put in um, straw of the week. So, I know you have often discussed the racist nature of UK universities and the role they play in upholding white supremacist ideology from being funded off the back of slavery or exclusionary practices that prevent both black students and black teachers from being in academic spaces. In light of the recent Black Lives Matter protests that are occurring across the world, Many universities have started to share their support and solidarity. When I saw this, honestly, I had to laugh. While there are countless examples of racism in every university, I would like to share one from my own, the University of Brighton. Um, University of Brighton tweeted today, which was the 2nd of June, we will always stand in solidarity of all black lives all over the world, including our own university community. 
we will take today away from um, social media to reflect on how we can continue to work together to share knowledge, amplify black voices and drive change. Hashtag Blackout Tuesday accompanied by a picture of a black square. When I saw this, I did a double take because not even four months ago, the university attempted to fire a black member of staff. A change.org petition was put up in association with the UCU, University College and University and College Union, protesting this. The petition reads as follows. We, the undersigned, deplore the University of Brighton's threat to sack Dr. Cyprian Njuye, um, Nju, who are on the grounds that working relationships between him and his managers have irretrievably broken down. Cyprian is one of the very few black student support and guidance tutors um, in an institution which employs tiny numbers of BAME staff. He is chair of the university's race and faith staff network and sits on the race equality charter mark group, which aims to address the disadvantages suffered by black students and staff. Cyprian has a record of standing up to bullying by managers and some colleagues motivated by conscious or unconscious bias against him because of his ethnicity. It is a mockery of the university's equality and diversity claims that it should now respond by declaring Cyprian the problem and sacking him. The performative activism is laughable. This is not a university that is committed to equality as it so claims. I am about to graduate and during my time at university, I've had not one black lecturer. In fact, the only class I have had led by a non-white lecturer in my entire three years of education was a guest lecture of one hour by a male Chinese PhD student. How can they claim to amplify black voices when they are attempting to fire someone who provides vital support to students? I know you have spoken previously about the value of black therapists and counsellors. So to take away this support that benefited many, not only black students, but students of other minority ethnicities, as well as um, as well is showing their lack of commitment to the well-being of their students. Unfortunately, this is not the only story I've seen. Almost every single black person I know who uh, has attended university has experienced some form of racism during their education, whether from lecturers, staff or other students. Universities must learn that posting a black screen is simply not enough. And until they recognize their complicity in racism from the very top of their institution, they will remain racist. I know this email is on the long side, but their hypocrisy can't go unchallenged anymore. We know prestigious universities like Oxford and Cambridge have a long-standing history of racism, but newer institutions that like to appear liberal and progressive are just as guilty. Thank you for all the work you do and inspiring me to be the baby girl I am, Grace. Thank you, Grace. Um, I totally agree. Like, I I feel like any academic institution in this country will be racist because the what curriculum are they going to teach if not a racist curriculum? What canon are they going to teach us if not the um, canonic texts of, of of racist white men? Like what what are what are they bringing to the table that is any different? Uh, you're going to teach me about science. Which which science are we going to talk about? The science that was um you know that that was led by by racists. What are you going to teach me? What are you going to teach me that whoever you're going to teach me it from is racist? So when we're not decolonizing the curriculum when we're not looking at where we're getting our education from the education that we therefore receive can only be racist you know 
it's like you know i know in law it's different but it's kind of like the fruit of the poison tree as far as i'm concerned you can't be telling me that oh well here you go here's this apple when the tree it comes from is actually poisoned the soil is poisoned everything is fucked you know so we've got to start again soil from the very soil is where we've got to start again before we can be looking at trees and we can look at apples yeah so i totally totally agree like i was incensed when i saw Oxford University tweeting about, oh, we stand in solidarity. I was like, you motherfuckers, shut the fuck up. You and all the other universities, shut the fuck up. Because when a eugenicist was um, um, trying to have one conference and have it in secret, you guys were happy for that to happen. You didn't want to, you know, deal with that. When was it a blind black, uh, uh, this student, a blind black man that was dragged out of um, some kind of meeting or event that was happening and got one stupid ass apology later on, if at all. Like, you're you're not cute. You're not cute and you're not clever. So don't try it. You know, all of these, um, I think it was Hodan who said, um, all of these black screens kind of seem like digital blackface. And that's it. Like, oh, well, it was just enough for us to post a black screen. You that have never given a shit about black people a day in your motherfucking life. You just wanted to join in on the trend and be like, oh, I posted a black screen. Meanwhile, you're still going and asking black people to give you free labor all day, every day. What book should I read? Do you think that this is racist? Oh my God, have you seen this? Like, it's not enough to post black screens if you're not going to really, really examine all the fuckery that you're doing this, um, adding to all of this nonsense, all like this centuries old nonsense that we're dealing with. Like, just stop, just stop. All of the organizations popping up, all of you are racist, all of you, all of you. And if you're not, your parent companies are. So while, you know, people are bigging up this person, bigging up that person, I've really had to deep it and be like, even your parent companies, the people who bought you lot out, they're racist. So I don't really know what to make of anything that's going on right now. I know that um, L'Oreal was then in talks with Monroe Bergdorf after the way that they treated her a few years ago. And it's like, I'm sure maybe they'll work on a campaign sometime in the future, but that doesn't take away from the hurt that you cause from the way that you just left her out to dry. Like, I don't know, man. Everyone's trying to rebrand and I'm not with it. I'm not with it, but whatever. And so University of Brighton can fuck right off um, as well. Everyone can fuck right off until you have real honest conversations and you take your feelings out of it. Because I think that when all of this is done, none of these motherfuckers are really going to sit down and actually want change because it's going to impact them. They're going to have to change the way that they behave in the day to day. And they really, really don't want to. They don't want to. And we know that by how many of these motherfuckers went out to go and defend a statue of winston churchill you know they went out there to do that they don't want change and then you've got fucking like i swear some people are well i'll get to that shortly but yeah i was gonna say i swear some people are planted by the government but we'll we'll get to that in in um due course so um yes thank you so much for that thank you so much for that letter uh grace like it's, i'm really really glad you sent it through so my next So You Mad um, is about Ghislaine Kinuani, who um, I talk about, I've mentioned on this show before. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman and a psychotherapist, who black woman who does wonderful things. And she has um, a site um, and a body of work that's called Race Reflections, where she talks about racism, deconstructs racism, and um, people can sign up and it's a brilliant anti-racism course. So if any of you are looking for a racism, anti-racism course, you need to check out Race Reflections by Gilan Kinwani. 
Now, the issue is, if you go and check this out and you go and take Ghislaine's work, we're going to have a fucking problem because that's what a white woman has done. So Ghislaine provides all these worksheets and she takes her time out to like write out all this, all of this stuff, like immense amount of work. Like her work rate is mad. She writes out all of this anti-racist um, stuff for people to learn from. And you pay, I, I'm, I'm signed up. So I pay like $7.99 a month to, to, you know, to receive, um, the, you know, the things that she's doing and her resources and everything. One boisterous motherfucker signed up, has been taking the notes and all the resources that Gillan's providing and she's been sharing it in some kind of group and Gillan happened to be part of that group. So she saw her own work shared back to her. And I know that that's not the first instance that that's happened. Somebody else, um, I, I think it's, I want to say Sarah, I could be wrong, but somebody else created like a resource list of anti-racism resource list and a white woman took it and added it to her thing and was sharing it around to everybody. Like, this is the problem. Can, can you not see how colonization is just in your blood? Like you cannot fucking help it. Somebody creates something and, you're, and, and you just go, mm, well, I like it, so I'm going to have it. No, that's how we fucking got here in the first place. From you, oh, I like it, I'm going to fucking have it to an entire fucking continent. To, mm, I like it, I'm going to have it to people's bodies taking them across the water to go and help you build another country that you went mm, i like it i'm gonna have it you know that's how we ended up here in the first place from this i like it so i'm going to have it you can't just like people's work and then take it you ask their permission can i share this and if they give you that permission you make sure that they are credited and or compensated for you having that work. You can't just go and help yourself to things and then share it amongst your white friends and go, oh, here you go, trying to appear like you're the one that's got any sense or that you know what's going on and you're so informed. No, your very behavior is still violent. It's still very violent. So um, it said here, um, so this woman took Galen's work, sharing it in this group Galen saw and she had to address the thing and be like, nah, that can't run. Um... And she, um, Gillan emailed the woman, um, a white woman, she emailed her and she emailed the network that the, um, I think we're all on or that the, the thing was shared on. And Gillan said, dear siblings, I hesitated, but decided to respond to the distribution below race reflections, newsletter and anti-racist booklet were benefits and gifts reserved for race reflections, members and subscribers as can clearly be indicated in the email below and within the booklet itself. And so to receiving my own resources in a network I'm a member of was an interesting experience. I think this raises important questions for us to think about as a community. As a black woman whose work has been repeatedly appropriated and plagiarized, these boundaries exist not only to help my enterprise survive, but um, they are also in place for self-protection. Black women have a long history of intellectual exploitation and epistemic denigration. And I would like for us to think about um, how we treat um, our intellectual labor. Thanks for reading, Ghislaine. Um, Very, very polite because I would have come in there and gone, um, suck your mother, you fucking bitch that took my work. I'm tired of people taking my shit. And I know firsthand how I feel about these things because I'll say something on my page and then I'll see it shared by people 
without crediting me, just, oh, this is something I thought of. Really, you you, you thought of it. Long history that black women have experienced of, plagi- of being plagiarised, and yet we've just got to be like, you know what, it's fine. And this is why this whole, like, for instance, um, Miley Cyrus and all of these girls, that's why it will never be cool, because black women have been saying something, doing something for ages, you'll vilify us, you'll denigrate us. Then a white woman comes through, and it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, she's so wise, she's so wonderful. Stop taking people's things if you don't have the creativity amplify the person that does have the creativity let them get the credit that they deserve and just sit there and learn why is it so difficult for you to just sit there and learn why must you always dominate the space why ask yourself why so i just saw i saw that and i was just very very annoyed on Gillan's behalf i know that i think they responded and they responded in a very airy fairy way like oh oh i didn't know that it would be an issue i just wanted to share it with people no it wasn't your place and especially when you're passing it off as your as something that you have the right to be sharing or is belonging to you in in some way that's where it's fucked because it's not it's not and i and i think another instance i can't remember it's pissing me off that i can't remember where i saw it but she had this anti-racism kind of spreadsheet she took somebody else's um, um um work added it to that spreadsheet and started sharing it with everyone but not giving credit of where she took that that particular bit from and she going she said oh i just didn't have it on mine so i just thought it'd be easy to add it and then just send it along to people no that just meant that my my list was more um informative than yours so you could have just asked my permission to share my list and give me the credit but you know what white people stay white peopling so I'm not support. I'm surprised. It's not a new day. It's just another day ending with why. So yeah, I thought that that was um, very interesting, and I hope that Galen gets her coins and people don't keep ripping off things from race reflections. Yeah, stop doing it. It's really, really rather vile. Now let's go to Terry Crews. Terry Crews. 100 episodes of this show and we've been through it with Terry Crews because there was the there were the episodes where I was like riding for this guy like I was like what has happened to him is wrong and I still stand by that the way that he was treated was very very wrong but this guy did a a complete 180 on us as black women who supported him he's like fuck all of you lot I'm gonna say what I like it just blows my mind that he could tweet and talk about um where was the first tweet I think it was this one um it says here defeating white and what's mad is that he hasn't deleted it that's what's mad that i can go a week later and the tweet is still there still wrong and very much strong defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy equality is the truth like it or not we are all in this together my name is kelechi okafor Uh, I'm 33 years old and I'm just here to say words fucking mean things. Words mean things, you stupid motherfucker. Words mean things. Yeah, you can't just you can't just pick up terms and create a false equivalent. Same way reverse racism doesn't exist because you have to have institutional power, systemic power to be able to act on your prejudice and thus racism. If I don't have all of those things, then I just don't fucking like you and I'm prejudiced. That's it. But I can't be racist to you because I don't have the power to make it so. Duh. So with black supremacy black supremacy literally cannot exist why because white supremacy exists and it has existed for centuries so black supremacy just can't pop up because we don't have the societal or economic power to make that a thing we don't 
We literally don't. There's nowhere in the world where we have that thing. You can't go, oh, well, back in Africa. No, not back in Africa, because you motherfuckers tried to ruin that too. I'm, I like it. I'm going to have it. It's what you did there. So black supremacy doesn't exist. And, to, and for a black man to be the one using these terms, I just... Oh, I used to love Brooklyn Nine-Nine so much. I just can't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine anymore because Terry Crews has ruined it for me because the way he behaved towards Gabrielle Union, the comment he made about um, children growing up with um, in single-parent households, specifically about the growing up with just their mother, all of those things, um, or with no father around or however he phrased it, ugh, like... Uh, and then and then saying that oh you know now he sees the point that 50 cent um and them man were trying to make or virgil sent were all the points that they were trying to make when black women were out here really really riding for you really supporting you when you were mistreated but now i see that you just were very happy to make yourself like the sole focus of a movement and get your benefits um get all the support that people could provide and then just you know throw us all under the bus is pretty much how you wanted to roll with all of that but Black supremacy doesn't exist. Reverse racism doesn't exist, right? So talking about defeating white supremacy um, without white people um, creates black supremacy is a fucking lie because it can't create black supremacy. It's not possible. And um, defeating white supremacy, I like, I get what you're trying to say in that to be able to dismantle white supremacy without white people won't really work. Yes, we were all aware of that and we've always known that. And this is why we talk about allyship and this is why it's important for white people to be aware of how they're complicit in within white supremacy. Yeah, we know that like that's literally what we've been saying. That's why um, you've got white people who are out in the streets right now protesting as well. But even if they weren't and black people were still like, I'm going to defeat white supremacy anyway. Big up Haiti big up all of the big up the maroons big up all, all of the people all of the black people all of the enslaved who were just like you know what i'm gonna while out in this bitch but and this is why it's problematic when some of you say i'm not my ancestors because without your ancestors like i said in previous episodes you will literally not be here your ancestors fought the fuck they, they fought the fuck you know they fought so much like so just give them that respect but going back to this they tore you to pieces even if white people don't want to join, we're still going to while out. And that's not going to create black supremacy. It's going to create what? Bloodshed, most definitely. But it's going to it's going to get your attention. And eventually we're going to have that equality that we've been speaking about. Yeah, because people are going to show you what for. So all these, I just, all of these words have been thrown around at the moment. Even with the people that were trying to defend that fucking Winston Churchill statue, we're talking about counter protesters. They're not counter protesters. They're racist. Simple white supremacist activists. Like they're not. They're not anti-racism activists. What do you mean? What 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 is an anti-racism activist? You can't just pick words and throw them together. Like, do you not understand what activism is about? to start using all of these terms almost as if to make it sound like oh we're just polarized ideologies that's all we are we're just you know oh two sides of the same coin oh you know we we just happen to differ on on these worldviews. no no anybody that doesn't agree with my my humanity doesn't agree with the breath that comes in and out of my lungs we're gonna have a problem yeah and we're not gonna be using terminology to try and conflate the very very real war that's going on against black people against brown people we're not going to try to deny that. 
We're not going to deny it by throwing terms around and making it sound like everything is one. Same thing when people kept using woke, woke, woke to woke lost all fucking meaning. Like we don't even know what anyone's talking about anymore. And that is the exact point. That's why all of this is being done to confuse every fucking body. But everybody loves that picture of the black man that's carrying the white racist on his shoulders and like, oh, you know, this is a beautiful image. This black man, um, this white man was there to protest and um, call, um, he's a counter protester for the Black Lives Matter movement. So he's a racist. Yeah because black lives matter are basically like stop killing us police um stop oppressing us institutions and systems stop being racist and he's come to counter that as you say right so he's come to counter them wanting to live black people wanting to live he's come to counter that he got his head bust open rightly so and now him and his three quarter length jeans are being carried by this black man and you're all loving the image because again why do you love it so much because no matter how much violence you inflict on black people you still expect for black people to have this superhuman ability to find some moral grounding and to show compassion compassion that you would never show because if it was that black guy that busts his head or whatever that white guy isn't picking him up he hasn't picked up a bar of soap in his life to wash his legs how is he going to pick up an entire black man never would that happen oh can't touch him oh does it does it come off oh my no god you know those are the jokes that we've been getting but oh you know this is this is what it's about this is what you know this is how we even things out you know we we just have to talk to each other no it's not just about talking to each other and and stop conflating it it's not about talking to each other it's about pulling the entire fuck up of this whole system getting rid of this whole entire system and starting again and nobody wants to do that work so you keep trying to put a bandage on it keep trying to put a plaster on it a white flesh plaster at that keep trying to put that over everything and that's not going to fix anything and that's why all of these people that have tried to approach me come on the news come on the news when they've heard the things that i've got to say oh no our producers have decided yeah let your producers go elsewhere because i'm gonna bat everyone the fuck up that's what's gonna happen i'm gonna bat everyone up so don't bring me on anywhere i don't even want to come anywhere yeah i'm saying what i'm saying i'm gonna say and i feel like i've outgrown talking in the news and them things there anyway because how much more can i say eh? a baby girl has said it all if if and there's nothing new that i'm going to say that i haven't said before everybody's mad everyone deserves a straw what now what now so it just really really gets to me when black people come and they say these sorts of things it's the same way that i fucking hate that phrase toxic femininity what do you mean patriarchy is that what you mean you know you mean you mean patriarchy because Anything that you're seeing women do, they've been conditioned to do because of patriarchy. So, oh, women do da, 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 toxic masculinity. Yeah, you could call it toxic masculinity. That has a very valid and real place when we're talking about the violence that black uh, that, that men actually inflict on women. Like we, we know that, like, and the violence that they inflict on themselves because of this um, construct of patriarchy, like well, this mechanism rather of patriarchy and then the construct of masculinity. Like we know all of these things. So you can't just create a new term and be like, oh, but you know, women do this but, and da, 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 da. Like, yeah, women do things that they've been socialized into. To me, it's the equivalent of going, oh yeah, but how can we talk about, um, you know, uh, you know, white people killing black people when black people kill black people? Shut the fuck up. The, to just shut the fuck up black on black crime doesn't exist and we've been through this already so that's the same way to me that toxic femininity doesn't exist because you're almost saying well you know well women move mad yeah why do they how did they get to that point so you know you know you might as well call a feminist a black supremacist patriarch um, a matriarch 
Oh, feminism, black feminism is black supremacist matriarchy. That's what it is to wipe out men, to wipe out black men. That's why it's there. You'd, you're so wrong. And it's because none of you have sat down to actually do your reading or to even do your listening. Use your listening ears. Use your listening ears and use your beating heart and understand what you're being told. But you don't want to hear because some of you just really want to join the oppressor to oppress black women. That's all you really want to do. Everyone wants to use black women to rise up in the ranks. And then as soon as they do, it's like, well, fuck them. Fuck them. They're so angry. They're so fucking bitter. Meanwhile, black women are not only just fighting to stay alive and to find joy and to and to and to revel in love. They're also at the forefront of of these protests of of creating these movements of doing everything and and innovation creative innovation they're out here doing all of this and getting qualifications everything that you've asked that needs to be done black women are out here doing that and more and people don't want to give us our things we will get our things we will get our things 2020 and going forward we'll get our things okay because this one is too much you know, and, and that's what I see when I see things like, oh, well, you know, white defeating white supremacy without white people will just lead to black supremacy. No. And you're very much giving words to the fear that um, white, a lot of white people face, um, whether they realize it or not, consciously or unconsciously. That is this whole thing of fear of a black planet. Like you're scared of black people even getting any sort of equal treatment because you're like, well, if they do, they're going to come and they're going to want revenge. And someone said that they just want we just want them they're lucky that we just want um, equality and not revenge or something like that. And I just thought that's it. That's what a lot of people are scared of. They're scared of the revenge aspect. That's why you spend so much money. So many big budget Hollywood movies just focused on, oh, what if we get invaded? What if we get invaded? What, like you invaded every fucking other place? Yeah. You, You don't want to be treated how you treat other people. And that's, and that's your preoccupation with every film you want to make. And that's the same in this case. So Terry Crews doesn't just understand how he's being, very violent and deliberately ob- in with his deliberate um manner of being ob- obtuse like that's what his words are doing and then when people try to explain it to him like oh you, you're kind of wrong on that one he came back with any black person who calls me a coon or or and uncle tom for promoting equality is a black supremacist um because they have determined who's black and who's not well no because you can only be a coon if you are black so mm, and Uncle Tom, you can only be if you are black. So they're not taking away from your blackness. They're very much saying that you're still black, but you're just moving mad. And blackness in and of itself, we can go into that whole thing later on anyway. But my whole point is you're def- you're dismissing what you're being told and you're not understanding why you're being told that thing because you're parroting white supremacist ideology they're telling you that you're doing that and you're going oh well if you question me about that then you're you're saying i'm not black so who's the real problem somebody needs to take terry cruz's phone away from him um i don't know whether he needs to decrease the muscle mass so more blood can make it to his brain as opposed to his biceps but something needs to happen because this one is way too much he's gone way too far and we can't afford for black people who have as big a platform as he has during this time to be saying things that will derail conversations very necessary conversations that are happening white supremacy is real black supremacy is not real reverse racism is not real black supremacist matriarchy is also not real but that will be the title of this podcast anyway because people might actually go ahead and believe that that sort of thing could ever be possible so why not why not let's just make up random terms because we've all forgotten that words mean things so we'll just make up new words 
why not? Yeah, just why not? It's fine. Um, next on So You Mad, this is why I said I feel like some people are planted um, by government to just put their mouth in conversations that they have no business being a part of. I saw a tweet the other day when one, it looks like a South Asian guy was talking about, oh, you know, we really should have been out there today at the protests when, you know, the white racists were out to defend the statues of uh, statue of Winston Churchill. And he was like, oh, well, we should have been out there today to um, show these white supremacists that we won't stand for all of this stuff. We should have all been there. Black Lives Matter, who aren't even accountable for rare, rare, rare online um, they um, should have been out there. It just sounded very suspect because you had to throw in that, oh, they're not accountable. We don't know who's, who they're accountable to. So again, you're preoccupied with not knowing who's behind this Black Lives Matter movement when you didn't say anything, when there was doxing going on and people's um, addresses were being posted by newspapers and all of that a few years ago. You weren't saying anything then. Um, when they had court cases that they needed to fight, you weren't saying anything then, but you want them to show themselves now to come forward and do all of this stuff for you. Very interesting. To me, it just sounded like a government planted tweet where it was like, oh, um, to get people to almost start to, to, to undermine the Black Lives Matter movement in the UK, basically to be like, well, you don't even know who's behind it, but if they were, they should have all been out today to deal with these, um, these racists. We should have all been out there to show them our full force. First of all, South Asian man, who the fuck asked you who the fuck's who the fuck asked you? And then you're talking about we. Why you keep saying we when we ain't speaking French? Shut up. You don't need to be involved in anything. We, why aren't you there right now? You that's writing the tweet talking about we. Did you go? No, because you stayed at home. So really what you're saying is black people should have gone out there while you stayed at home and you wanted to see the bloodshed. You wanted to see the massacre. You really wanted black people to go out there and die for what? The smartest decision was that black people didn't go out there in their droves because it would have been absolutely mad and it would have been black people who suffered at the hand of, hands of police the most because they won't go for their white counterparts who are their uncles, their brothers, their mates. They're not going to go for them. They're going to go for the black people. So I'm glad that black people didn't go. And they're going to frame it as, oh, if a police officer did get hit, they're going to show you an image of a black person, even if it wasn't the black person that hit them. Because would you believe it? The media and everyone is fucking biased and everybody's racist. So there you go. So I'm glad that they didn't go. But um, to further that, I saw um, a post that says, UK counter-terror programme targeted BAME women using Instagram influencers. Stush campaign aimed at young Asian and black women was created by a media company contracted by Home Office. More evidence is emerging of the British government developing motivational online media platforms targeted at young women as part of a covert counterterrorism campaign security officials have acknowledged that a facebook page and instagram account entitled stush were created as part of the uk's controversial prevent counter radicalization program the admission comes nine months after the same officials confirmed that a similar online platform entitled This Is Woke had been created as part of the programme. Stush draws its name from a Jamaican patois term meaning superior. While This Is Woke, <laughs> lol, This Is Woke draws upon the expression stay woke, a core originally African-American to, to remain aware of social and racial justice issues. I would have known that it was a government operated uh, page from when I saw This Is Woke. I would have known like there's some no matter how much government and all of these kind of counterterrorism programs, all of these people try to hide and 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 blend in, mix and blend, contour and blend. You always know because they don't have the lingo down. They really, really don't. And they bait themselves up. 
But anyway, Stush Facebook page, Facebook's, uh, Stush's Facebook page was created on 20th of March 2017, according to Facebook transparency information. Neither the Facebook nor Instagram pages have been updated since 6th of March 2018. Stush describes itself on Facebook as a page that aims to promote a safe online environment for young women to tell their stories, taking ownership of their own narrative. Both Stush and This Is Woke describe themselves on Facebook as having been produced by a media slash news company. In fact, they were created by a London-based communications company called Breakthrough Media, which was under contract to the Office uh, for Security and Counterterrorism, a unit within the UK's government, uh, the UK government's Home Office. The person said that extensive research was carried out by examining the social media usage of potential influencers, some of them as young as 16, before they were approached and asked to assist. They weren't told what was going on. They weren't told about the home office, the person said. And we were warned by managers not to talk about breakthrough outside of the office um, or put anything about it on our CVs. New arrivals to breakthrough weren't told that what was going on. They were left to work it out. It felt like being in a cult. There was a lot of paranoia around the office. People used to walk to the other side of the Thames to have conversations about what they were doing at work. Breakthrough's office in London at the time was located close to the river near Waterloo Station on the opposite bank to Parliament and nearby government departments, including the Home Office. One influencer, a fashion and lifestyle blogger with tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and YouTube, um, said that she had been told that Stush was a women's empowerment project when she was approached and asked to make a film for it. I wasn't told anything about the government or the Home Office, she said. Um... Breakthrough has since rebranded itself. Um, it's just very, very interesting to me. Um, I could read on for, for ages. I was I was reading this and it just made me feel very, very... Yeah, it, 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 I, I found it so chilling that this is what we're always saying about social media. And remember a while back when I said like about the bots that they'll pick out, they, they watch pages and they watch influential pages, not necessarily influencer, but they'll watch influential pages. They'll see people who are saying certain things like myself who are visible and whatever. They'll notice what the narrative is, the counter narrative, like, oh, those who don't like her, what are they saying? Okay. And they'll just set their bots and their trolls to say that every time you make a valid point, they'll come and be like, but you don't date, da, 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 da. Who told you that? But they'll just say whatever to just try to undermine what you're doing. And this is what I feel like that guy's tweet was also about. Like you've come here to try to under, um, undermine the Black Lives Matter movement and also say that black people should have gone out there today or, you know, whatever day that he put it out, that they should have gone out there to go and basically battle with these white racists. No, never that. Never. So to know that the government officials are actually setting up pages as a way to kind of bring um they claim that it's counter-terrorism but it's just another way of surveillance it just it just feels very very odd to me it just feels very off and i don't like it i don't like it at all uh i just wanted to share that with you and you can do your research but i it made me really really uncomfortable because not everything that you see on social media is that simple and then also influencers people who are proper proper influencers check where your money's coming from and check who's funding you to do certain things because you don't want to now come and find yourself on the wrong side of history or for a couple of grand and a hashtag like you sense or you sense so anyway that's that for so you mad so i'm going to jump into straw of the week and wrap this up Okay, so straw of the week. I'm going to go through your letters th first because there are 
quite a few of them that I've, well, I've chosen a few of them because there are so many of them, but yeah, let's go. So this one says, hi, Kalechi, I hope you and your family are well. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now, and it has always been the one thing I look forward to on a Monday. I've always wanted to write into the podcast, but I didn't feel I had the elegance or eloquence as some of your listeners, but child, this week I have been pushed. So here I go. But I just want to interject there and say, please, please, please write in. Even if I don't like get to read it sometimes um, or read it out on the show, don't worry, like I've read it. But do write in because the whole point of it is that you say your mind as well. Where are you putting all of these things? Where are you keeping all of these things if you don't get it out? Like, just get it out. Like, your name's not read out. Just, just say what you need to say. But anyway, back to this. So my nomination for So You Mad or Straw of the Week is one of my so-called friends who decided to message me after I put up a post about racism. The term you used in the podcast is tone police. And that's what she did, telling me that everyone has their own way of supporting the black community and they shouldn't be condemned for this. I could go on, but I don't want to cause your listeners a migraine from all the eye rolls they may be doing right now. We have all come across these types of white people that want to challenge you rather than the racism that is piercing their entire soul. I shared this girl's message and exposed her for the hateful fuckwit that she is. And I can say that I feel completely free after doing this. My second nomination is for all of these so-called women's organizations I've been working uh, I've been working with in the dome- domestic violence slash sexual violence sector for about five years and I've seen some unbelievable fuckery embodied by such organizations who will shout to the rooftops um, that they are inclusive but their entire governing structure is white smelly 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 I want to say a massive fuck you to all of them as in Every job interview I've done over the last five years, I've been asked what the barriers for the BAME uh, yawn women experiencing domestic um, abuse. Yet when it comes to Black Lives Matter, they want to keep quiet and not check their black uh, check on their black staff. Fuck, fuck all of you, really. I want to say a massive thank you to you for everything you do. I've really tried to start posting more and speaking up recently, and I found it exhausting. So I can only imagine what it must be that it must be really tiring for you. I hope you're looking after yourself, taking time to treat the baby girl inside you with calmness and peace. You really deserve all of the things and more. I pray for your protection and elevation. Forever a baby girl in training. Thank you, baby girl in training. And yes, straws to um, the white girl that wanted to try a thing. Shut your fucking mouth. Because it's so funny that people want to focus on the uh, like the minutiae um, of the things and how we say things rather than the glaringly obvious nature of racism. They want to come and talk to you about fuckery that you don't give a shit about. It's really, really annoying. Um, and organisations, so many of them that love to proclaim, oh, we're for everybody. We want to help everybody. But no, they want to come from a white saviour perspective so they can fuck themselves as well. And they can take a straw and suck their mothers, okay? that's what they should be doing um and I'm glad you're speaking out more like good on you keep speaking out as for me like I said I'm exhausted I'm tired I've cried many times and I just need to take the next few days to just um chill but actually I've got to learn a fucking script for an audition which I'll most likely not get (laughs) the world is hilarious but I'll learn the script anyway um anyway a next uh, letter comes from a baby girl. Let me get to the baby girl's letter. So many. I've got to clear out this inbox at some point. I need to like 
I keep saying I'm going to get an assistant, but I've got trust issues and it's so hard to get an assistant. So the next letter says, hi, Kalechi. First of all, I must say thank you for everything you do. The world is mad and you continue to be a baby girl regardless. Eternal inspiration. I was raised in a mixture of church denominations that all told me tarot and witchcraft were of the devil. And yet I am respectfully dragged and challenged every single week. I find that so interesting because I tweeted something, right? And the journalist uh, that's obviously in her feelings from last week's episode was like, Kelechi's a bully boy. Again, when I talk about internalised misogynoir, people don't want to hear my voice, but you're calling another black woman um, a boy um, or a man, basically, um, wild but then her and her obia cards like babes no one's forcing you to listen to the tarot no one's forcing you to do anything no one's forcing you to listen to the podcast you can easily easily stop drop and roll off a bridge and go and sleep underwater these are the options that you have yet you you guys stay on my case swearing that you hate me it's very very wild but you know there is a mother there for you to go and suck back to the letter though as a white non-binary person I uh, know that my place in the current situation is to loudly remind everyone in my circles that black lives matter and then use my platform and my purse to support black people with my mouth shut. I would like to javelin a straw this week to one of my relatives who I have repeatedly called out on various platforms as well as in person for things she says that are bigoted, unsurprisingly, as she's a proud Tory and Boris supporter. I've been told off by every other family member for distorting disturbing the peace and received several eye rolls when I tried to gently inform her that she was saying what she was saying could be seen as racist it definitely was at the Christmas table I have unfollowed her everywhere because she does not respond to criticism and refuses to learn this week she decided to open her big mouth and say I won't say black lives matter because I shouldn't have to and proceeded um, to attach several photos of her black friends (laughs) that she couldn't live without and tag them all in the post which is why I saw it. All non-black people should say Black Lives Matter because none of us should have to. She's one of them, those. Um, she's one of those. I'm not racist. I have black friends and I sponsor children in Uganda type of people and somehow does not see herself as the definition of um, of the white savior complex. I'm so tired of her antics and the fact that people always tell me I'm seeing it the wrong way. I have enough problems with my mental health without being told I'm overreacting constantly. If nothing else, she needs a straw to occupy her mouth and 10 more to occupy her hands so that she can stop spouting this nonsense in my general area. I think Lev agrees. This ended up being longer than expected and I'm going to send a very similar message to my therapist another thing to thank you for as without better help I would have wasted my breath trying to engage with this heathen thank you again for your presence and for being such a good example of how to look after yourself first endless love to you and your beautiful family best wishes d thank you d you baby non-binary baby non-binary in the place no thank you so much d i really really appreciate you um yeah that family member can go suck out absolutely suck out People will say racist things, blatantly racist things. Then go, oh no, but I can't be racist because I've got black friends or I've got a black husband or I've got a black wife. If anybody ever used me as the black friend or whatever to to absolve themselves of the racism that they were um, that they were expressing or um, or presenting as, I would be so vexed. Like I feel like as a black person, 
I think that you have it in your spirit. Like, I don't know if your ears get hot or your nose starts to tingle when there is a white person somewhere moving mad and then using you as the justification. Like, oh no, but I've got a black friend. I feel like all our sentences just go, and then we just send them a slap from wherever we are, like an ancestor. We just activate an ancestor to go and slap their throat, to go and slap their thin lips. Like, don't fucking use my descendant as your, um, you know, excuse for your racism. No, don't you dare. No one should come and use my name and say that, oh, I can't be racist because I know this person. No, 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 you're very much a racist. Own your shit and do not involve me in your fuckery. Don't ever. So thank you, D, for dealing with her um, and um, and t- telling her where she needs to go, which is to go and suck her mother and continue fighting the good fight, baby non-binary. Um, and I appreciate you. So uh, that's great. Um, my next letter, my final letter from you lot, and then I'll say my straw of the week and then I'm up out of this bitch. Um, it's from my baby girl. Let's see. Okay. So I received this letter from P. Um, so a white woman put up a post because she thinks that this is the way to tackle racism. She put up a post and she, uh, of dogs. So they're Labradors and the Labradors are all different colors. It looks like they've been Photoshopped the different colors, but we'll, uh, th- that's by the by. It says here, these are Labrador retrievers. They come in vo- a variety of colors. They are loved and treated equally no matter their color. They don't fight each other over their color differences. When it comes down to it, they are all labs. They're all dogs. Dear humans, do better, be better, be more like labs. So my friend um, messaged this white woman who put up this post and says, I know you think this makes a point uh, about racism, but it actually doesn't. And it's quite insensitive. Black people, (laughs) black people are not dogs. This comparison negates black history and the reason for racism Racism exists because we live in a white supremacist world and racism is built on the continuous institutionally sanctioned murder of black lives. Delete this. Homegirl said, no, I am not making a point about racism, but about dogs being better people than people. It's actually called a metaphor. If I fucking slap, if I fucking slap this bitch, I'll continue to read. It's actually called a metaphor and I got it from a Kenyan friend. Okay, so see another one that has a black friend. I got it from a Kenyan friend in my dog walking group. I respect your feelings and have deleted it. However, I don't agree with your conclusion. Why you're a stupid, silly cunt is because... If you were so sure that you were right, why did you delete it? If you were so sure that you were right, why did you delete it? And you weren't making a point about dogs being better than people. You were basically saying that dogs don't see colour because, and and when people look at dogs, they don't see colour because all Labradors, you're basically saying all lives matter. When we're speaking to you specifically here about black lives mattering and how it's not mattering to this society that we live in, but you decided to come and equate it to dogs. Even by that virtue of, by virtue of doing that alone, you've now said that black people are subhuman. That's, that's where you were going with this. Like if you can only relate to black people by thinking of them as pets or animals, you need to question what's wrong in your life. You need to question why your pussy is so dry. That's what you need to be doing because I don't understand how you got to that conclusion, how you saw two plus two and all you got from it was yam. Two plus two, you saw tomato. You didn't follow it and see four. 
because you're mad. So anyway, P responds to her and says, words mean things. The post is not only about dogs being better than people, but the words on the post allude to dogs treating each other better than people based on their varying colors. As we both know what a metaphor is. And that is the part that gets me. You fucking prick to talk to me that, well, it's something called a metaphor because you, you, you think you're the only one that went to school, Abby. Me too. I didn't go to school. Thunder fire your rascal up bumhole, you prick. About this is called a metaphor. You don't say. You don't say. Thank you so much for clearing that up. Language theorist of the year. Linguist of 2020. Thank you so much. Oloshi weary. Kony Dafwe. Fool. She says, um, as we both know what a metaphor is, dogs treating each other better than people based on their varying colours as a metaphor to humans is what I wonder. This is at best incredibly tone deaf and at worst, your response is very gaslighty. Anyway, I'm tired. P did better than me. Exactly, Lev. P did better than me because I would have told her about the inner workings of her entire anus. The end, I would have told her about her entire asshole. Are you fucking mad? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? mad and don't ever worry about me swearing while i'm recording this podcast by the way because lev's doing his own thing in the other room you can just hear him because you know sound travels but um yeah um it's just extremely wild to me it's just very 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 wild to me and this is how white people are so ill-equipped to talk about race because the moment you start talking to them about race and racism they have to bring up bunnies bears um, even um, what's her name the one that used to be Kirsten Bell is it Kristen Bell Kirsten Bell that used to be in The Good Place again she's got a book coming out about purple people oh purple people um, try to be a purple person who sees similarities instead of differences and da, da, da. what's so wrong about seeing differences this is what pisses me off about people what's so wrong about seeing differences only a white person could write a book like oh you know we're all the same on the inside yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, before even if we weren't the same on the inside can you not treat me like i like i like i have dignity um can you not treat me with dignity even if i'm completely different from you why must there be a similarity for you to decide that i'm deserving of humanity that's part of the problem so you writing an entire book to tackle racism by talking about purple people it's really, really fucking stupid. And to be talking about it on Ellen as well, and the issues I have with Ellen, well, there you go. But anyway, you then write this book about purple people because purple people, it literally is what white people like to say all the time. I don't see race. You could be black, white, green, purple, pink. You could be a Martian for all I care. No, no, well, you do care. You do care because if you didn't care, how is it so that all of your friends, your family, everyone, everyone happens to be white, but you don't see color, but somehow everyone that you interact with is only white, but you don't see color. Of course you don't see colour because there's no colour anywhere. Only you and your bland selves. How about that? But it's really, really, it just really aggravates me. It really, really aggravates me. Like, let's have a conversation about humans, yeah? Stop equating it to dogs. Nobody asked for your metaphors. Thank you, Shakespeare. Yeah, Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Clart. Nobody asked for your metaphors. We just want to talk about things as they are. So thank you, P, for sending that straw of the week through because she can take a straw that's colored in any variety of colors that the labradors come in and she can suck on it um, and use it to suck her mother that's what she can do a lab i want her to suck on her mother with a straw covered in labrador retriever hair that's what i want in its fur that's what i'd like for her life 
Um, and for the final straw of the week, that's one I've chosen. The CEO of CrossFit is um, a raging racist. I'm not surprised because you only have to look at the uh, CrossFit environment to see that there's something very, very racist going on. Um, yeah, so that's why CrossFit has never really sat comfortably with me. Even the ones that I see like around the areas, I'm not going to be specific about areas. Like, do you never wonder why you just manage to just gather white people and all of you want to be like this? Oh, look, look at us getting all this muscle and, and lifting these logs and doing these things. Oh, we're so cool and powerful. Um, doing our handstands. Um I've never felt comfortable going into a CrossFit environment because it just seems very racist, seems very smelly. Not because anything anyone's done overtly. I just found it very odd. But anyway, the CrossFit CEO and founder, Greg Glassman, was telling gym owners in a private Zoom call that we're not mourning George Floyd. I don't think me or any of my staff are he started spouting basic uh, like basically racist shit in this private zoom call talking about oh well george floyd um could have been a drug dealer i heard he was a drug dealer i heard it was a drug deal gone wrong that's why he this this and that even if that was the case even if that was the case which is not but even if that was the case right there are white drug dealers white people do things all the time and a policeman doesn't kneel kneel on their neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds a policeman doesn't do that so your point is invalid and you need to go and do a handstand off a bridge that's what you need to go and do it says here in a court in a recording obtained by buzzfeed news greg glassman can also be heard sharing wild conspiracy theories about Floyd and the coronavirus. Um, it says here, um, hours before he posted a controversial tweet on Saturday night that has sparked backlash against his company, Greg Glassman, CrossFit CEO and founder, told gym owners on a private Zoom call, we're not mourning George Floyd. I don't think me or any of my staff are. Um, can you tell me why I should mourn for him other than it's the white thing to do? He said the white thing. Um, other than that, give me another reason. He asked a Minneapolis gym owner who had questioned why the brand hadn't posted a statement about the protest across the country after the death of George Floyd. Shortly after the publication um, of the story um, or this particular one that I'm really I'm reading, um, they said that Glassman has said that he decided to retire and was stepping down as CEO. He says, on Saturday, I created a rift in the CrossFit community and un unintentionally uh, hurt many of its members. What do you mean unintentionally? What do you mean unintentionally? You basically said, I don't give a shit that that black man got killed by police. Don't give a shit. We're going to continue as usual. That's not unintentionally. You were very intentional. What you didn't intend was that everyone would hear about it and then you'd lose, you'd lose supporters and you'd lose money. That's all. Um, I cannot let my behavior stand in the way of HQs or affiliates missions. They are too important to jeopardize. The 75 minute Zoom call, which was sent to BuzzFeed News via a secure tip line. Good. I'm glad that whoever sent it through, whoever snitched, well done was part of an initiative that CrossFit had started after the coronavirus pandemic shuttered uh, gyms across the country. CrossFit affiliate uh, owners who spoke with BuzzFeed News said that they were invited at random to, ch uh, to the check-in calls over the past three months with Glassman and other staffers from CrossFit's corporate headquarters. The call was held hours before Glassman responded to a tweet on Saturday night that called, a ra uh, called racism a public health issue, writing, it's Floyd 19. His tweet drew immediate black backlash from gym owners and caused Reebok to end a partnership deal with the company. Good. 
CrossFit subsequently posted an apology on Glassman's behalf, calling his words not racist, but a mistake. And this is what I can't take about white people, yeah? And all of these corporations that are run by white people. How are you going to decide what is and isn't racist? That must mean that you have a very nuanced understanding of racism. And if you do, then you realise that it is racist and you're just trying to gaslight us. Or you don't have a very um, good understanding of racism, in which case you should not be the authority telling anybody what is and isn't racist. You've got to choose which one it is because it can't be both. Yeah, it's not racist, but um, it's a mistake. No, it's it's racist. It's racist. And wh- whoever deems it as a mistake, that's for you to perceive. Floyd is a hero in the black community and not just a victim. He said in his public apology, I should have been sensitive to that. And I wasn't. I apologize for that. Fuck you. But during the Zoom call hours earlier, which had been uh, between 16 affiliates and staff members, Glassman reportedly expressed doubts about whether systemic racism existed and questioned the motives of protests around the country. What gets me is that this is a CEO of this entire CrossFit movement, right? Black people do CrossFit. And this is why you won't catch me um affiliating myself with crossfit at all i wasn't in the first place but it's the fact that black people do crossfit and you've got the ceo questioning whether systemic racism exists so even if these black crossfitters experience racism people like him and their whole culture will just end up denying that it exists and i i just think it's wild i just think it's mad disrespectful um he went on to say i doubt very much that they're mourning for floyd um I don't think that there's a general mourning for Floyd in any community. Um, He also recounted unfounded conspiracy theories on the call that included speculation that Floyd was killed to silence him due to a purported baseless role in a criminal conspiracy involving counterfeit money. Um, Glassman speculated that the nightclub where both Floyd and his alleged killer, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, worked um, has been under investigation by the FBI for over a decade for laundering money. It's very interesting that George gets popped with counterfeits and who comes but the head of security from the dance club. Um, this thing, watch, this thing's going to turn into first degree murder, he said. That's what's going, it's, that's what it's going to turn into. And it's going to be because I'm predicting this. We have friends in the FBI in your neighborhood and they're of the view that this was first degree murder and it was to silence him over the counterfeit money. That's the belief. That's what cops think. Glassman and representatives for CrossFit did not respond to repeated requests for comment for this story until hours after it was published. Then CrossFit released the news of Glassman's retirement and a public statement titled, Why Didn't CrossFit Just Say Something? We disappointed you, the company said. It hurt you and us. We need to talk. The letter called Glassman's comments incredibly insensitive and hurtful, but said he should not be judged on those comments alone. So what else should we judge him on? Those were quite a few comments. What else should we judge him on? This is the thing, like white people always wanting to um, make so like make light of any racist actions and be like, oh, let's not focus on this isolated incident. Do you know that once he saved the cat from a tree? No, no, no. We're going to focus on this. He's racist and I'm glad that he's retired, even though he's still going to be getting money and he's pretty cushy. You just don't want him spouting off at the mouth anymore. But the whole entire thing is smelly. And I think that this confirms to me that CrossFit is smelly very very smelly and that's what i've got to say so greg glassman you can take a glass straw and you can suck your mother you absolute vile vile man i don't care that you create a crossfit you can go and do your burpees inside your mother's panani you absolute fucking prick okay that's all i've got to say and pretty much that's it 
that is it for this week. I think that I've given you all the things. I've definitely given you all of the things. So big up myself for making 100 episodes of this podcast. I'm so, so proud to have reached this far. Let's see if I've got another 100 episodes in me. Let's see. But thank you so much for supporting me to come this far. Thank you to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Um, Like I said, I'm now on Patreon and that's where the card release will be announced first before you hear it on the podcast, whichever date that happens to be. But I'll give you I'll, I'll give you hints as we get closer to the time. So, yeah, that's it for this episode. I have been Kelechi Okafor and this has been SYM number 100, um, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right. Suck your mum. You can follow me on at Kelechi Nikoff. You can sign up on patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor. You can follow me on at Say Your Mind pod. Send your letters to SYM at Kelechi And I guess that's it. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cops ready for the tea we are gonna sip it. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.